Good morning, Community Church. It is great to see every one of you today. What an incredible weekend. 100 years as a church. We have people from our past and our present. But just a quick glimpse back into history. A hundred years ago, Model T's were about the only vehicle on the road. The Eiffel Tower was the tallest building in the world. World War I was just ending a month or two from now, a hundred years ago. Billy Graham was born, 1918, and the average life expectancy was 40 years. Whew. Yesterday, Community Church received a gift. People from past and present came together, and there were memories and stories, and the church was filled with love and peace and healing, and it was a gift from God. This morning, that's going to continue. We're going to hear and see more of the history of Community Church, where we've been, maybe a a taste of where we're going. And our prayer for every person in this room is that today we get to embrace each other and hold on to each other and look forward to the next hundred years, to what's ahead. Jesus said in, in Matthew twenty-eight twenty, Behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And so today, hard times, They come and go. Fortunately, we're constantly received opportunities to come together, to hope together, to love together, maybe heal together, maybe forgive together, but to grow together. And that's our prayer for this audience, for us group for our family, that today we get to experience life together as community church. And so we ask God's presence in this building, in Jesus' name. And would you all please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Just so you know, some of you were here early. You are in for a treat today with what you will hear and see. Be blessed, everybody.
Good morning, I'm Tammy Dice. We're gonna do a little recognition this morning. So just be forewarned, some of you are gonna have to stand and sit and maybe stand and sit again. But I'd like to see anyone here, would you please stand if you've been a member of Community Church for more than five years? Would you remain standing if you've been a member of Community Church for more than 10 years? Remain standing if you've been a member of Community Church for more than 20 years. <laughs> Remain standing if you've been a member of Community Church for more than 30 years. Remain standing if you've been a member of Community Church for more than 40 years. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to embarrass anyone of age or... But this is wonderful. This is wonderful. We have a lot of history here. There's, a, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of membership between us all put together. Now, I want to say one more thing. Please stand if you've been a member of Community Church for less than five years. This is an important number, too. Our church is growing. We have new people joining us and new people coming. Thank you for being here. All right, one more piece of recognition. Please stand if you have ever been on the staff of Community Church. Yes, big round of applause. And we have a gift for you as well. The kids are going to pass out a gift for you, so if you'd remain standing so the kids can see you, we have a gift for you. And we appreciate all of your service over the many years here and doing everything that it takes to make this church run and make it happen and all of your time and devotion. So you're much appreciated. Thank you, King's Kids, for helping us. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everybody, for being here this morning. What an event. What a gathering. And what wonderful music we've had so far. Yesterday, when I did the history... I went overtime, so this morning I'm just going to eliminate most of my commentary and present just the facts. 
1880, in the decade of 1880s, church arrived in Gunnison, various churches. From about 1990 to about 1916, although there was a great deal of talk at that time about forming an interdenominational congregation, the various congregations had kind of waxed and waned and grown and some were absorbed into other congregations. But then in 1918, the Methodists and the Presbyterians got together and said, let us create community church. And so they did, and they met in the existing Methodist church. That was 1918. Seemingly, that transition was fairly smooth, but then in 1920, a mere two years later, there were no Protestant ministers in Gunnison, although the Catholic Church was firmly established. So a broad appeal went out, and a man from, evidently from Great Britain, named Reverend Clem Davies, came and accepted the call of Community Church, and Community Church really began to grow. 1922 through 1923, the ladies' aid of Community Church, and I do have to add some commentary because the women of Community Church are the great unsung heroes of this church. In 1922 and 1923, they raised the money to pay off the church mortgage and make a down payment on the, per- on the parsonage. And I have to add this. In 1926, there needed to be a sidewalk in front of the parsonage. And so the local chapter of the Ku Klux Klan stepped up and funded that. And I have to add that because that's such a say-what moment in the history of this church. 1927, beginning in 1927, there was a lot of talk about the need for a larger church building. And it kind of went on hold. 1935 through 1939, there was the construction and refurbishing of Webster Hall. And yesterday, Kirk Mueller and Eric Vogt did a wonderful presentation on the history of Webster Hall. That was finished in 1939. Still, remember now this is 11 years later, eight, uh, 12 years later from when they started talking about a larger church. In 1941, the first pledge was received for building this church. Also, During that time, the ladies' aid raised the money to purchase the eight lots on this block on which we stand. 1942, we're in the midst of the war. Through 1945, materials for this church and labor were provided by God. These trestle or these. Joists and rafters evidently came from, were repurposed from the Enterprise Mine Mill. And although there's some dispute, a lot of the other materials um, evidently came from the Lake City Railroad Trestle. 
1945, the church was dedicated and named the Beeble Chapel in recognition of the immense generosity of the Beeble family. And then came the post-war years, the baby boom era. From 1946 through 1950, church services took on a very traditional form. There was Sunday school established. In the early 1950s, Vacation Bible School was established. So you can see the growth of the programs in this church, the diversity of the programs. 1951 became affiliated affiliated with the Colorado Council of Churches. Through 1960, the church grew and flourished further and joined the National Council of Community Churches. The 1960s saw more improvements like better furniture and better furnishings, a communion rail, and so on. In 1969, to replace the standard windows in here, the church leaders commissioned Pat Julio from Western State to construct these stained glass windows, each with its own theme. They were constructed and placed including this one back here that's in memory of Pat Julio's wife. And they were dedicated in 1979. Now, there's a huge leap in community church history from 1980 to this moment in history. There have been all kinds of changes. There have been uh, changes in music, changes in order and style of worship, but the center of the worship and the purpose and the mission of community church has always been Jesus Christ and the gospel. And that brings us right up to the present. A hundred years of God's faithfulness. Thank you. morning. We're excited to be here together again. Um, we just jumped right back into place and we've been having a lot of fun and uh, we hope that you guys are too. And so we would love for you to stand up and worship this morning with us just like old times. <laughs> Jesus is the rock and he rolls my blues away. Yeah, Jesus is the rock and he rolls my blues away. Jesus is the rock and he rolls my blues away. When you're out on the street and you're really feeling down and low. 
When you're out on the street, well, Jesus is going to save your soul. Because Jesus is the rock and he rolls my blues away. Pop, shoe, bop, pop, pop, shoe, bop. Jesus is the rock and he rolls my blues away. Bop shoo bop, 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 shoo bop. Jesus is the rock and he rolls my blues away. When you wake up in the morning and the sky ain't bright and blue. When you wake up in the morning and the big world's after you. When you wake up in the morning, Jesus is gonna pull you through. Jesus is the rock and he rolls my blues away. Pop shoe bop, pop, pop shoe bop. Jesus is the rock and he rolls my blues away. Pop shoe bop, pop, pop shoe bop. Jesus is the rock and he rolls my blues away. When you look in the mirror and your face causes it to crack. When you do it today and you feel like you're under attack. Jesus is gonna love you and baby now that's a fact Cause Jesus is the rock and he rolls my blues away Pop shoe bop, pop, pop shoe Jesus is the rock and he rolls my blues away Pop shoe bop, pop, pop shoe Jesus is the rock and he rolls my blues away Jesus is the rock, Jesus is the rock Jesus is the rock. 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 And he rolls my blues away. All right, we're going to slow it down a little bit.
Good. Good morning, Community Church. Community Church mission statement is on your bulletin and also up here on the screen. And we'd like to have you read it with us out loud. You ready? Community Church exists to bring God glory, to equip servants of Jesus Christ, and to share God's love so the whole world may know him. Over the last few decades, Community Church, either directly or through missionaries, we support, have had impact on 38 countries in the U.S. and locally in Gunnison Valley. We also have many activities and ministries. Much of this is represented by the display that you passed by as you entered the church. Annette and I have had the privilege of working as full-time missionaries uh, for 32 years. Community Church has partnered with us for many of those. So together we have gone to some of the most desirous places on the planet. Places like Mongolia and Siberia, Sudan, Cambodia, and most recently Iraq. Because my great-aunt was a missionary in Africa for 50 years, I was reluctant to give Christ control of my life when I first became a Christian for fear that God would send me to Africa to be a missionary. So you can imagine my relief when I found out it was Siberia instead. (laughs) Actually, I have a Gunnison woman to partially thank for that. During the 1980s and early 90s, there were numerous missionaries raised up from Gunnison, Colorado, that went all over the globe. Places like China, Peru, Mali and West Africa, Kyrgyzstan, Spain, Mongolia, and Russia. Years later, I began to wonder why there were so many missionaries that came from Gunnison during that era. One of these missionaries and a, and a fellow Gunnison High School graduate, classmate of mine, told me that there was an elderly woman whose son taught at Gunnison High School. This woman diligently prayed for many years for the youth of Gunnison. She prayed two things primarily. One, that students would come into a life-saving and changing relationship with Christ. And two, that God would raise up laborers for the harvest from here. And God would use the youth of Gunnison to impact the world. God answered her prayers and as a result changed my life. That is a big part of Community Church's past. But God is still using Community Church to have impact globally right now. Whether it's through supporting missionaries, taking part in short-term mission trips, or filling an Operation Christmas Child shoebox. There are many ways we are touching lives around the world. After serving overseas for many years, Spencer and I now have a privilege of pouring into missionaries and pastors and their families. 
One of the ways we do this is by offering and traveling and by offering and traveling and doing retreats in different countries. This year, we have been to Cambodia and Iraq. In just over a month, I will be traveling to Cyprus. I would ask you to pray for this retreat especially, as a group of us will be ministering to women who are serving throughout the Muslim world. Our desire is to impact people who are impacting the world. Our passion is to pour into those servants so they can continue to minister from a place of fullness. 23 years ago this summer, Annette and I made our first trip uh, to South Korea for a conference. There we were so impressed with the night, li- night sky skyline at night in Seoul. Uh, you can see literally hundreds of crosses lit up across the Seoul skyline, um, each over a, a, a different church. It is probably per capita the largest Christian concentration of Christians anywhere in the world. We met over and over many Korean Christians who thanked us as Americans for two things. They said, thank you for your involvement in the Korean War, and thank you for sending missionaries to the Korean Peninsula over a century ago. I told each of them that we would pass on the thank yous to those who really deserved it. First to God, but also to those who served during the Korean conflict and to churches who sent missionaries. In a similar way, many have expressed gratitude to us over the years, but we too know where to pass it on. We thank God, and we thank you. On behalf of the missionaries sent out from Community Church, both short-term, long-term, and local ministries, thank you. Thank you for making missions a priority here at Community Church. Together, we are really making a difference for Christ around the world. Thank you. And I'm also supposed to ask the choir if you would make your way up right now.
right, uh, you can go ahead and get standing again. We're going to say hello to our neighbors, but kind of stay close because we don't want it to take an hour. So uh, just say the, hello to the people around you. And the King's kids, you're dismissed.
It's time to stop talking. Let us pray. That used to work here. You know, I, I walked in and I wondered, is it Christmas or Easter? Some of you know what I mean. I've been asked to give the offering prayer. And before I do that, I want you to turn around and look at people. Because you are the offering. You bring your gifts, your talents, your problems. You bring your families, your friends, and you become the resource of the church. We ask for tangible gifts and money now, but the real gifts are you. You can't buy love. You can't get love unless you're willing to give it. So let us pray to the one who has given us all the love we can imagine and even more than that. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we do stand in awe. We are so small, and we feel so helpless. And when we get past that, we become egotistical, and we think we are the center of so many things. Thank you that in worship, we are given that opportunity to give. Now, we would like a couple of millionaires to write big checks. But that's probably not going to happen, and it doesn't need to, because we know, Lord, that you give us all we need. You've done it from the beginning in creation. You've done it when you sent your Son to die for us. And you've done it when the Spirit takes up residence in us and gives us courage and confidence to give and to sacrifice and to love one another. So receive these gifts and receive us now in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. And all of God's people said, Amen.
You may be seated. So, Shan, you just uh, were up here, and now you get to come back up. So, yes, please. Um, Shan was the uh, pastor here from 1987 uh, to 1996. And we've asked that each of the uh, previous pastors, and there's a bio on the back, so I won't read them for you. There's bios of uh, quite a few staff members on the back of the bulletin, so you can read that for yourself. And we've just asked them to give about a five-minute to seven-minute uh, encouragement for the future, some stories from the past, and some of the things that you remember. That window. When we first came to Community Church, my children said, where are there elephants in the Bible? And of course, being a good pastor, I told them and we went on. It is uh, touching to be here. I had not anticipated uh, that I would feel the way I feel. Because churches are ornery, nasty places. You know, when you're mad at God, you take it out on the pastor. And when you're happy with God, you don't even need the pastor. So it's interesting coming here and seeing people I know and people I don't know. But we all know each other through being one in Jesus Christ. When I came here, um, Tony Allen told me, you know, you really weren't voted in or brought in. It's just that your resume kept coming to the top of the pile. And we thought maybe there was something to that. Tony met me at the airport. I sat in Denver in a snowstorm, and I got in here about midnight. And he took me to the coldest cabin I've ever been in, somewhere back on a creek. And then when I later said I would come, they said, we're really surprised. But I so enjoyed being with a body of people who let me be who I am. Many other churches couldn't do that. I had one church we interviewed. I said, you have way too much fun to be our senior pastor. At other churches, uh, the children of the youth pastor came and sat in the front row and never moved. When my kids came to church, they never stopped moving. The diversity of age, backgrounds, the way people knew each other through work and through play just amazed me about this church. We are not, we don't even look alike. Now, this is like Lake Wobegon. All the women are beautiful, all the men are handsome, and all the children are above average. But we come from backgrounds make it difficult to be a community. For many years, people would move to a new town and they'd say, well, we're Methodist or we're Presbyterians. Nobody said we're communitarians. But they found a place to gather and be the church. For me, that gathering was a thing called the men's group. And, you know, men aren't good with faith a lot of times. We want God to bless our plan, and then we want everybody to know we had the plan. But in that group, something happened. 
a bunch of men got together and started reading the Bible. And we actually put down all the barriers that we have. Nobody asked, what do you do or how much do you make? Nobody asked a lot of the questions that you do when you gather with other folks and you feel uncomfortable. What happened was as we read the Bible and we prayed together and we prayed honestly together, we put down the barriers between us. And men would leave the group and then ask for prayers because I made a big mistake moving away. And, and you know what we did? We got in some guys, I think it was a plumber's truck, and went down and picked up all their stuff and came back. And I would like for the early group, I know you got a men's group now, but for the guys who were in that group to stand up. Now, you have to realize some of the guys in that group aren't around anymore. But these men helped me to be a better man. I knew they prayed for me, and they knew I prayed for them. So that's maybe the highlight for me. Thank you, gentlemen. And thank you again, gentlemen. The other thing that kind of happened that makes this place very special is winter. We, we don't really have winter where I live now. We, we might get 100 inches of snow, maybe even a little more, a little less, depending on the winds off Lake Michigan. I live in, in Michigan. But winter would come here, and you could measure people's faithfulness by whether they showed up or not. And we were faithful. It was amazing. Winter causes you to have to be graceful. And I know that's still working here because nothing starts on time. And we don't worry about too much. Those are highlights. I, I need to give you one more highlight. I want you just to rock in your seat right now, just for a second. When I came to Community Church, maybe they'd had cushions before and they were out, but when I came, we got cushions. In seminary, they teach you the mind can only accept as long as the tush is comfortable. I think what I would like to leave you with and what I think is probably happening is prayer. How many of you got kids? Could you fix them on your own? Sometimes you wanted to hurt them. But when you pray for your children, something happens. And that's the way this family works too. I realized that people were praying for me when I stood up here when the pulpit was over there. And I would pray for the choir and I would pray for other folks. And then I would see people out here. I hope they weren't sleeping, but their heads were bowed. And they would tell me, we prayed for you, Pastor. And then other people would come up and say, that may be the best sermon you ever preached. You know, and I'm going, it was? But to grow from all we have been as a church to all you can be as a child of God, you need to pray for each other. That is amazingly powerful. And probably my greatest joy was at my oldest daughter's wedding when she got up 
and said, I want to thank my dad because he taught me to pray. And that has changed her life. She works with Young Life. She does all kinds of fun things uh, and is a woman of faith. And, and that is something you can put a badge on and wear when you, your kids grow up and you still like them. And they're struggling just like you to go on. But my hope and my prayer for all of you is that you will be praying people and known as praying people. And I know that works because you know what happened in that men's group? We would get little pieces of paper from people in town saying, would you take this to the men's group and pray? Because I know you guys pray. And every now and then someone would say, and I know when you guys pray, stuff happens. What a blessing. Continue to do that. Because the Bible says the way, Jesus says, the way you know you're my followers is by the love you have one for another. Thank you for my time as your pastor and the joy of being back together with you. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you, Shan. Well, when Shan was reassigned by the Lord to another church um, up at Gold Lake uh, Community Church, uh, our community area, uh, we had a youth pastor, or Christian ed director, um, Ian uh, Risley. I think he's here still somewhere. I'm just going to have him come up and just share a little bit. We'll go in the order of uh, reassignment. How about that? Yeah. Uh, I was here from uh, 1995 to 97. And uh, I remember I was, when I was in seminary, they said, you have to do an internship. And uh, that was what they did. That's all they said. And I thought, well, what is that? What does that mean? And my friend, Kevin Hahn, said, I was going to do an internship at this church in Colorado, but I'm not going to do that. You should call them. So I called this church, and this delightful, lovely, beautiful voice, Judy Edmonds, said, Community Church, this is Judy. And I thought, oh, if everyone there is like this, I want to go there. You're not. But <laughs> that's okay, because we need every kind of person, right? We all have to be very, we have to be ourselves. So not long after we got here, I was sitting on the, this is maybe shocking if you, if you know me, I was sitting at the bean when it was the steaming bean, and uh, some, someone from the newspaper came and said, hey, we're, we want quotes. And this is a very young person because that's all she said. Do you have a quote? And because I wanted to seem very intellectual and very uh, educated, very philosophical, and because I had just recently seen, probably on a, the side of a cup or something, a quote from Soren Kierkegaard, the Danish philosopher, I said, yes. Life must be lived forward, but is only understood backward. Which isn't even true. I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, he died, he died before he was the age that I am now. So I don't think he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> because not long after that, I was talking to Shan, and Shan said something. Well, Shan said a lot of things, as you know. <laughs> but in the midst of talking about whatever he was talking about, he said, you know, I'm, 40, I'm 48, and... The older I get, the less I, I know. And I thought, yeah, it's too bad for you, dude, because when I'm 48, and now I'm older than that, and I guess I understand. I don't know all that much. I wish I knew more. But this was a great experience. It was a great opportunity for, my, for myself, 
for my wife Kim, for our children. We came here with one infant child, and we left with a toddler and an infant child. That was great. We had this group of people who were very kind and very compassionate and very generous with your time, uh, with your money. Sometimes people would just walk up to me on the street and hand me money. Who does that? That's an amazing thing. This was a church that, uh, where I, I got to do all the firsts that I would do in ministry. The first wedding I did was at a trailer park, and it was great. The first funeral that I did, the first time I taught a confirmation class, the first time I talked to a gay Christian was in this congregation. And she was very faithful. She was more faithful than I was. The first time I did all of those things. And then I started meeting all of you people. And some of you were, like, theologically, you were way over here. You were sort of in this, like, charismatic praise band area. And some of you were this sort of middle of the road, you know, kind of Protestant. And some of you were more, like, uh, more liturgical. And then some of you were, like, Unitarian Universalists. And that was great, this diversity of people, this way of seeing the... Uh, seeing the scriptures, seeing the church, seeing God in so many different ways. And I was impressed by that. And I think that I carried all of those experiences, and they have had little bits of impact in parts of my life. Life is lived forward, and it's got to be understood backwards. And some of the things I think I did here, I probably did poorly. So if I, for example made you cry at youth group because you were wrong and I was right and I was bigger than you and older than you, I'm sorry. (laughs) If, for example, you came to me to a 26-year-old for counseling and I said something really stupid to you, which I probably did, actually I know I did, I am sorry. If you asked me to baptize your child and I said I don't want to do that, I'm sorry. If you wanted to get married and I said, this is a terrible idea, and you got married anyway and you're still married, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, I, I, and I know those are funny things, but those are things, you know, as you look back, you, there are things that you feel good about and things that you feel bad about. When I was here, I was able to go to two community clergy Christmas parties. And the first one was hosted by the Episcopalians and the Catholics, and the Communitarians showed up. And the next year, it was hosted by, I think, uh, a Baptist church in town. And the Baptists and the Charismatics and the Communitarians showed up. And I think that says a lot for what this church is, what it was, and what it can be. A way of, of drawing together the body of Christ and helping all of those, uh, those differences, not be, not be forgotten, not be smoothed over, not be uh, glossed over, but uh, be allowed to come to the fore without a strong sense of this is us, we are right, and you are wrong. Because then you make girls cry at youth group. So I want to thank you for, for what you meant to me, to Kim, to our two children. And we live here now again because of you people. You, uh, there, our experience here kind of cemented this uh, oddball love for this whole valley, for this area. We came back here to, uh, because there was a church in CB South, 
and we, that said, hey, we need a pastor. And we looked at what they were doing, and we said, this is not going to work. We're, gonna, we're coming. So we showed up, and it worked, and then it didn't work. And now we're still here, and that's not a terrible thing. That's a, a delightful thing. So thank you. Thank you, Ian. Um, next, um, Pastor Morehouse uh, came to uh, fill the pulpit after Ian. But uh, before we get to uh, Pastor Steve, we're going to uh, bring up uh, Pastor Doug, who was the executive um, pastor here from 2004 to 2007, and would like him to share a few uh, fun stories, some blessings he has for us for the future. Yeah, I appreciate it. Chris said he was going to be praying for me this morning for eight minutes. So <laughs> then he's going to be praying against me. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was a, a born in Rifle, raised in Grand Junction, came up uh, to go to school at Western in 1968 to run, on, run track and hunt and ski and fish and hike and um, I guess go to school too. But uh, <laughs> And uh, right after that, I just had a... Um, an unusual experience where God called me very specifically to missions. And that was something that I had no, I had no interest in. I had no desire to do it. Uh, it's not something I'd planned for. I'd already had my life pretty well planned out for the next uh, decade or so. And uh, in a very unique way, God ended up uh, calling me into missions. And in a way, I felt a little bit by C.S. Lewis when uh, he wrote in his, um, uh, his biography, uh, uh, surprised by joy. And he had come to know Christ. He's, a, he's an intellectual. He was a, a don at Oxford. He had, you know, he had all this, all this uh, academia, academia in back of him, but he just came to the conclusion that Jesus probably was who he said he was, and he had to make a choice. And he said there probably was not a more gloomy Christian in all of Christendom than I was when I finally, you know, gave my life to the Lord. Um, I felt like that. I, I went to the mission field kicking and screaming, quite honestly. Um, and uh, I remember I ended up in, in London, and we, we drove from London. This was in 1970. We drove from London to Kabul, Afghanistan, in an old beat-up Volkswagen van. And um, it took us 23 days. Most, a lot of that was driving 24 hours a day. And I remember going through Europe and thinking, oh, Europe, that's, that's, not, that's not so bad, you know. And then we got into Yugoslavia, and the northern part was beautiful. But then as we got into the, into the uh, Arab world, the Muslim world, Turkey, and we drove the entire length of Turkey, mostly on dirt roads, and then the entire width of uh, Iran. And I'm thinking, wow, this is weird. And I'm just saying to God, oh, God, listen, I'll, I'll serve you anywhere in the world. And I'm thinking, you know, Switzerland, Austria, you know. <laughs> But not the Middle East, man. The mid- this is just too weird. I can't do this. Um, so I ended up spending the next 15 years in the Middle East. Um, <laughs> met my wife, Candy, uh, and we ended up started out in Egypt. We spent a couple of years in Egypt and got thrown out of Egypt. Uh, ended up on a tiny, tiny little island of Cyprus uh, where we started the work of youth with a mission for the Middle East. And uh, we were there for about a decade or so. Our girls, Stephanie and Elizabeth, were both uh, born on Cyprus. And uh, then we ended up eventually in Switzerland, where we ran the uh, Youth with Mission Center there. 
and was a director for relief and development for Europe, Middle East, and Africa uh, for YWAM. And also, we had a son later on, uh, Matthew. He was born in Hawaii. So it's not about islands and our kids' uh, birth. I'm not sure what that's about. But, uh, uh, and then after about 20 years in Youth with a Mission in YWAM on the mission field, uh, we just sensed that that season of our life was over. And I had fallen in love with Gunnison and Crested Butte and the whole area when I was up here going to school. And I just longed to come back. And so we ended up coming back, moving back here in 1993, I think it was. And uh, we're here till 2009. Part of that time was uh, serving as executive pastor here at Community Church. And what a great, what a great experience that was. That was just a wonderful time of seeing God move and getting to know, uh, 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 as Ian alluded to, the uniqueness of the community church. Because the community church is a church in the community so that the community can be in the church. And I watched Pastor Steve, and he did all, you know, it, it seemed like when there was tragedy in the community, everybody came to the church for the funeral or whatever it was. If there was something going on, everybody would somehow rally to the community church, and they felt safe. They thought, this is a place I can go. There's no doctrinal creed. There's no something I have to sign off on. I could just come and experience the love of Christ in so many ways. And I thought, this is so unique because there are multiple impediments to belief. And I think a lot of times we as Christians unintentionally lift those that make, that make more impediments, where it's more makes it harder for people to come to know the Lord. I know uh, one of the things that Neil and I and others did uh, during that time was we started the foundry. And um, the foundry was basically for marginalized young people who really couldn't come up those steps and through the doors and see all the stained glass. They had no way to, re- they had no way to, con- to connect with any of this. Their world was a postmodern world. And that world didn't give them the, the uh, worldview which allowed them to appreciate or even experience or even know anything about what all these symbols meant. And so we decided to take the church to them. And we met in Webster Hall uh, for several years, and we would have 80 or 90 uh, kids show up. And we just had an amazing time of sharing Jesus in a non-threatening, loving environment. And so when, when, when I think of community church, and, by, and I, I might say a little bit like Shan, when, when I was standing out there yesterday and looking across at everybody, there were so many wonderful uh, memories. I, I, you know, and when you've, when you've done life with people 15 or 20 or 30 years, there's a lot of stories, some good, some bad. <laughs> there's a lot of successes. There's a lot of failures. Life is messy. Christian life is especially messy. It doesn't always turn out like we thought it would. It doesn't even turn out like we prayed for it to turn out. It doesn't, turn like, doesn't look like anything we thought it would look like. And yet, as I looked across that group yesterday, I thought, you know what? We have this one commonality. And the one commonality is that Christ is living in us, and somehow, somehow, he's making it a better, the world a better place, in, maybe in spite of us and sometimes but in using us in our love, in our relationships, in our camaraderie, in our serving each other. And I, I just know that, that the community church to move forward. And I, and I think it's, this is a pivotal time, I think. We've, we're celebrating 100 years, and then what is the next 100 years going to look like? And so I, I, I think it's with a, 
with the, with the pen of faith that we need to write the script. What does the next hundred years look like for the community church? And I remember when uh, I, I was here, I had a young, uh, a young girl come to me, and she said, Doug, would you write me 